What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. We're looking at Dynasty Rankings. Heath versus Consensus. Heath gets to argue with the rest of the industry, basically. That'll be fun. Uh, Wide receivers and tight ends. Heath is lower on Deontay Johnson, higher on Juju Smith-Schuster. Who do you think he likes better? Dave, who do you think he likes better? Deontay Johnson or Juju Smith-Schuster in his Dynasty Rankings? I think, well, goodness, if you're asking me that question, that probably means he's got Juju ranked higher than Deontay Johnson. Mm. I don't know if I'd see it the same way. I bet they're pretty close. Mm. I will say he's got... Wrong. What? He does not. I was about to say, he's probably got Deontay like one spot ahead of Juju. (laughs) Two spots, Dave. Two spots. Also... start to the show for Dave. Yeah, it's not the first time this has happened to me. All right, so we're going to ask Keith uh, some more of his discrepancies, basically, with the rest of the industry. We're going to tell you about how to join the podcast league. Our NFL draft contest is starting up again. We have a cool Google Doc, basically, for you to fill out. Uh, that's going to make this a lot easier, but you can join our podcast league if you can guess the top 10 picks in order. It doesn't have to be the team. And I, we'll, tell you, we'll tell you more about that in just a moment. And your email is fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Please send those in, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Heath, when you look at your dynasty rankings at wide receiver and tight end, what's one of the biggest outliers that you want to highlight here? Yeah, it's not one of the names that I sent you to prep for the show. So uh, I saw you said, what is your biggest outlier? So I thought that will definitely, like I looked mostly at top 20, top 30 guys. So I looked a little bit deeper just to say like, who's the biggest name who is a discrepancy? And he is a uh, happy birthday. He just turned 30 years old uh, nine days ago. He, uh, don't have it yet. Dave, we're guessing. You don't, you don't, you don't have it yet? He, he changed teams this offseason. Devontae Adams? Nope. He's 29. What, what What position? Did you say the position? He's a wide receiver. Changed teams. That's what I was assuming was receiver. Changed teams and he's 30. <laughs> Keep going. Um, I feel like uh, I'm playing this- Weddle. Oh, I think I think uh, he's never scored more than six touchdowns Schrager, in a season. Schrager got it. He Robert Woods. It is Robert Woods. Yeah. Good job, Shraggy B. 
He is number 45 in the uh, consensus dynasty rankings and number 63 in mine. And, and share something like the guy who replaced him, Alan Robinson, is probably the second biggest discrepancy. I think he's 36 in the consensus and 48 in mine. I have a real hard time ranking guys who are at that age where the long-term future is uncertain, but also they don't project very well for this year. Because if you are not a league winner this year and you have no guarantee of a future after this year, then what it could your dynasty value be? Why can't Allen Robinson be revived into a league winner? By the way, it's been a long time since we've been able to call Heath an Aegis. That was kind of a fantasy baseball thing, but I'm glad to it have was. it back. Glad to have it back. <laughs> I think as a rule, like traditionally, and it doesn't seem to be the case right now, but in the past, I have not valued or devalued players for age quite as much as some do. And I think I still don't. With like Derrick Henry or Devontae Adams, I have them higher than the industry does. But they're still league winners. Um, what I have a hard time with is 28, 29, 30-year-old guys who I don't see a path to them being a, a league winner. And I like Robinson could have just had a down year last year and that he has the ability to bounce back um to be a, a top 20 wide receiver again. That's I Woods could too. But the history that I can recall, and I, I haven't run a study on this, but I think we'll agree with this statement. Wide receivers who at age 28, 29, 30 have down years like this. They bounce back. Like AJ Green bounced back last year, but not to what he had been in his prime. No. I don't even know if we could say he was a reliable starter for many points of last year. Maybe early on last year he was okay, but I remember in the second half of the year he was just an absolute grenade going off in people's lineups, and it was terrible. I do think there is some upside for Allen Robinson to be somewhere between 20th and 30th among wide receivers. So I'm not ready to tank him like you have in Dynasty. He stands out as one of those receivers that you should be able to get for a pretty cheap price if you're trying to win now in Dynasty. And to be fair, if you look at him on a per-game basis, he was top 100 in PPR, not in non-PPR, but he was 90th in full PPR. So... Oh yeah, got not, that. Not bad on a pretty good argument. Yeah, <laughs> well, what a stat to help sell people on Allen Robinson. And not the, like he wasn't even the answer. The answer was Robert Woods. Um, right, I know. Well, I because think, we all agree on Robert Woods, thirty-year-old right. receiver coming off an ACL, going to a run-first team that would prefer to run the ball fifty percent of the time. That already has a number one receiver. Yeah. Uh, well, we can talk about them, or we can talk about Aiden Hutchinson. Or mm. you're the rest of the top ten in the NFL draft. Who will be number one? Schrager, come on, uh, come on over here and tell us how to get into the fantasy football today podcast listeners league. Yeah, this might be the most difficult year we've ever done this. I have no idea who's going in the top ten. Usually we do it in the Facebook group, but we'll have a Google Doc, Google Form. Adam will throw it in the podcast description. If you're watching on YouTube, it'll be in the chat. It'll be in the description. Predict the top ten, and whoever's closest to the most accurate—usually it's seven, sometimes eight players. Correct, gets a spot in the podcast league. Right, and uh, so here's the thing: you have to spell their name right, right? Mm. Because if you don't, then because no. Schrager's going to sort by correct answers. If you spell their name wrong, that's a wrong answer. Spell their name right. It's just which 10 players are going in that order. It has to be the order. So if you think Hutchinson's going one, put him one. If you think Malik Willis is going six, put him six. Whatever it is, he's not going six. Um, but, uh, oh, no, 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 six. Yeah, he could go six. Not going five or seven. But um, anyway, the order has to be right. The team doesn't matter. So 
one through ten, the order that you think the players will be drafted and spell their names correctly. Let's get let's that re- last let's, name right. Yeah. And I think we really need to revisit the he's not going five or seven. Well, he's not going to the Giants. Well, why not? Right. What if the Giants trade out? They've got a new GM they could, now. They well, could why, trade out. why would he not? Like, why not? It why would he not like draft a quarterback in round one? Yeah. The Giants. Because he can do, he can get a, a comparable quarterback in round two or three. I don't think there is a comparable quarterback to Willis. Like, if he wants that kind of guy. I don't think. I've not heard any smoke around the Giants, but yeah, there's none. nothing. Like, if, Amongst teams who might be considering a quarterback in the first round, if some are, I I don't know why the Giants wouldn't be. Well, they should have last year and they didn't. I, <laughs> I don't think that they are. I just have not read one single thing about them looking at quarterbacks. Isn't that exactly what they should be doing if they want to? No, I don't think so because I don't <laughs> think that I don't think that anyone thinks that the quarterbacks are the fifth or seventh best players in the drafts, and I think that. When you're a bad team, you shouldn't reach for a quarterback. You should just take the best players and get your quarterback tell next that, year. Tell that to the Panthers. Yeah, well, they they are openly desperate at quarterback. Yeah. You know, the Giants so, have said the opposite, basically. Giants have the 36th pick in the draft. I would not be surprised if a quarterback goes then to the Giants. Five or seven would surprise me. Okay, so that's our NFL draft contest. Check the episode description in the, the podcast feed and... Ben told you the other ways you can find it. Now, also, merchandising, merchandising. We've got great merchandise for you. Fantasy Football Today helps you dominate your league all season long. Now you can represent your favorite podcast with official FFT gear only found on the CBS Sports Store. Discover T-shirts, mugs, sweatpants, laser-engraved pint glasses, hats, water bottles, and more to remind your buddies how you got the inside scoop to crush the competition. Right now, FFT listeners will get 20% off their order when they use this podcast exclusive code. Here's the code. Fantasy Football 20 during checkout. So Fantasy Football 20 is the code. Get 20% off. It's only for our listeners. And we've got a link. Uh, let's see. Store.cbsports.com. We'll start. And then, you know, sl- slash collection slash fantasy dash football dash today. <laughs> but don't worry. <laughs> Well, there's an easier way. Again, the what, episode description. What is this? I think I've got something here. Oh, Ben took it from me. I had this thing sitting on my shelf that people can, uh, if they take a picture of it with their phone, it will take them right there. QR code? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is what Ben sent me that to uh, put on the shelf whenever you were doing the read. So. so we don't know what a QR code is called. We're calling our, our swag merchandise. We think the Giants are going to take a first-round quarterback. No, we don't think that. Um, what are... <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be a line, you know, a digital line in the metasphere for merchandise at this point. Well, anyway, go to, the, <laughs> go to the store. What, what at least we've got. Hold on, wait. Do we do we have to spell the coupon they code? Could right not here? land that joke, and it just went off the rails. No, Fantasy okay. football twenty has to be spelled right as well, otherwise you don't get the discount. Fantasy football no, twenty is the discount. No unplanned jokes in the middle of reads. We've learned this. If anything, yeah. jokes have to be planned if they go in the middle of reads. If anything doesn't go right on the show, Dave will call it out on the show. He's been <laughs> doing that when for, it comes to for twelve years. Well, now. it's supposed to not. Sponsors aren't supposed to be included in that. Usually. I shut my trap when it comes to reads. Like he said, couldn't resist this time. But seriously, thanks for buying our mug. <laughs> okay. You could maybe get Dave's mug on your mug. That would be fun. Let's do some news and what notes. What could I do? You could if you if you buy merchandise, <laughs> I will uh I will mail you an authentic 
piece of paper signed by me, Jamie, and Heath for free. I will mail it for free to the address of your choice. I just used the QR code and I'm now there in the store. Dave, what's I'm that, also what's that website easy. link again? <laughs> but it's I'm also disappointed that you didn't get the merchandising, merchandising, merchandising. I got reference. it. I got okay, it. Okay, it just, okay, okay, okay. That's a nice tote bag. That also didn't land. We have tote bags? Yeah. Okay. No crap. So let's talk about news and notes here. <laughs> Here's your tote bag. Okay. I have the news joggers and, and wear them regularly. How are they comfortable? Extremely soft. Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyler Maybe Murray. Maybe this stuff isn't so bad. Will not attend their team's off-season workouts, according to Ian Rappaport. Garoppolo's got the shoulder injury. He's still rehabbing. Kyler Murray, not an injury-related situation. And also, A.J. Green said he needs to communicate better with Kyler Murray, uh, that they basically need to be more on the same page. So just a Kyler Murray question here. How much does the off-field stuff factor into your ranking and your analysis of Kyler Murray right now, and where do you have him? I moved him down because it does factor in. I don't like that he's going to be all sourpuss over the year and that he's starting this little fight with uh, with the team over a contract already. Uh, I'm seventh. Nervous about. I'm also nervous about how he plays after he gets hurt. It's been two years in a row now where we've seen his average dip because he, he takes on an injury. And, and And I also am a little bit worried about that receiving core. Okay. What they have is old, except for Rondell Moore. Yeah, he was at six for me. He was the kind of final stop that I had before Deshaun Watson, even though I have Watson projected higher over 17 games. I don't think I can get to the point to where I think that there is a bigger risk currently for Kyler than Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Now, that might change by August, but for now, I'm going to leave Kyler ahead of Watson. So you've got Kyler at six. That means there's one player that I've got ahead of Kyler that you have behind. Joe Burrow. Mm, nope. Russell, Russell Wilson. I got. I bet oh, Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm excited. I'm. I am banking on more pass attempts for Russ in Denver than he ever had in Seattle. I am too. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I'm don't take him over Kyler. I don't. Man, I really don't know how to compare the two receiving cores. Denver well, and Arizona's. No. DK and Lockett to Judy and Sutton. Well, it's not just Judy and Sutton. You're also getting Patrick and Okwuebunam. Okay, I'm not giving Okwuebunam any credit <laughs> over Gerald Everett or Will Disley or anybody else. Right. Okay, that's fine. What about Javante? You're not going to give him credit either as he's, a pass catcher. That's fine. Fine. KJ Hamler? Is he Where's KJ Hamler in the dynasty rankings? 112. Really, so Dave? Behind Wait, Robert Woods? I would rather spell out the URL than talk about the 112th ranked. <laughs> I just get, I just totally made that number up. I have no idea. <laughs> Do we have FFT golf balls? Ooh, that'd be fun. That would be incredible. We don't I'm have assuming that. we don't. No, uh, we don't have that. But we've got joggers. I would never buy those because, well, I don't, golf, don't golf. But if I did, I would lose them. Hamler is 78 at wide receiver. So he's pretty close to Robert right Woods. behind Paris Campbell, right ahead of Denzel Mims. You should call him the that great, great right. Hambino. Remember the great Hambino from the Sandlot? No. So uh, Carolina offensive coordinator Ben McAdoo said that Sam Darnold is the starting quarterback, and then he said that was something that he should not have said. <laughs> so, oh man! We'll check in on this. That is in a the week. guy in charge of Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore? Uh, this, some, what a year we're about to have in Carolina. Some tight end news. The Bears signed James O'Shaughnessy. 
And Kevin O'Connell, Minnesota's <laughs> head coach, needed was another tight end. Said that Irv Smith is on schedule as he recovers from meniscus surgery. So, Cole Komet or Irv Smith? Komet. Irv. What about you, Schrager? Cole Komet. Uh, Komet and Dynasty. I'm sorry. Komet and Dynasty. I still think Irv has it. Okay. Irv it is. What are the odds that Irv finishes second on the Vikings and targets? Not so so bad. It would depend on Thielen. I mean, if... If Justin Jefferson gets Cooper Cut's target share, then I'm not sure a second's going to be all, all that great. He's not going to get that. All the more reason to go after Komet. I mean, he's why he's not going to, because he's not as good as Cooper Cup? No, because Cooper Cup's not going to get Cooper Cup's target share <laughs> in all likelihood. What was his target share? 30? All. Yeah, 31, 32, something like that. That's, that's all. tough to... Uh, all, and then the percentage sign. <laughs> Maybe he will. Uh, Andy Reid said the Chiefs offense won't be significantly different without Tyreek Hill. Mm. No. <laughs> the question I have is is it going to be the Chiefs offense of 2021 or the three years before that are they going to be able to get their downfield passing game going again it's obviously going to be a lot tougher without Tyreek Hill are they going to be more of a you know a ball out of the hand quickly shorter pass more PPR friendly but less explosive offense uh, teams seem to really learn how to limit the Chiefs for a while, for I don't know, almost half the season, and it seemed like the Chiefs kind of figured it out down the stretch. But yeah, yeah, they were exceptional against that uh, too high safety look in the last four or five games. And so, if teams do that to start the year, I don't think they'll do it for very long. One, I think I- they're banking on that. I think their their offense as it's designed now is to continue running receivers on deep routes. That's what Hardman's for, and I think that's what Valdez Scantling can do. And they're hoping that they can win more often and have more explosive plays underneath. That's what Juju's there for. So I, I, I think there's I think there's room for them to be certainly a productive offense and a top five type of offense, just in a different type of way. But they're still going to have that deep element. To their game, which makes, in my mind, it makes McCole Hardman and Valdez Scantling draftable, but as bench receivers, not as guys who could, might be the next Tyreek Hill. And who of those two would you prefer? I have Hardman ahead of MVS because Hardman's been there longer. And Hardman will probably get 15 rush attempts or something. I'm going to go off subject one more time. Good. Dave, did you see the end of the Celtics-Nets game on Sunday? Yes, I did. Woo! That was, I, Heath is a big Celtics fan, which is weird because he has no ties to the Celtics. So he's probably just a bandwagon fan from when he grew up. As is my fine. son, who also has no ties to the oh, Celtics. Oh, okay. Uh, wow, that was uh, that was such I a told, great game. It was an what awesome team game. Should I have chosen in the eighties? The Bulls. <laughs> what? Like I don't I know who, who is geographically the closest. That's like that's the thing. Chicago, I from my, my recollection, Chicago, Denver, and Dallas are all depending on what portion of the city you're going into, like eight to nine hours away. And so it could have been Nuggets, it could have been Mavs, it could have been Bulls. There was not. Now it's Oklahoma City, pretty easily. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we there was a Memphis team back then, but Memphis is closer than all those now as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, but it move. was just you probably you fell in love with Larry and. Yeah, Robert Parrish and DJ and McHale and all those guys had to be it. I bet. I bet. I mean, I've never seen you play basketball, Heath, but I bet you you model your game after Larry Bird. 
Uh, no, I never could shoot as good at anywhere close to that good. Really? I, I was, I had I was you more of a, a uh, I was more of a Rodman Lambeer type. <laughs> that doesn't uh, surprise me much. Yeah, then you should have been a Pistons fan, I guess. Yeah. Could have been a Pistons fan. Anyway, there there was a lot to learn from that final play of the game. It was a great play. It was really cool. Great stuff. Yeah. All right, listen. Uh, the game two, by the way, is on. Wednesday, unfortunately. It seems like we might have three crappy games tonight, but you can check it all, all the coverage out on CBS Sports HQ. Now, more importantly, if you have a small business, if you ship a lot of things, you need to be using stamps.com. Go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, enter the code FFT, and there's a great offer for you, which I'm going to tell you about in just a minute. But time is money. Don't waste either with repeated trips to the post office. With Stamps.com, you can skip the trip and focus on how to take your small business to the next level. Stamps.com lets you print official postage right from your computer, and it saves you money in the process so you can spend less time at the post office and more time making your customers happy. Um, Basically, whatever you can do at the post office, you can do it right from your home. I've used Stamps.com. It's really convenient. It's really easy to use. Gives you access to all the post office and UPS shipping services you need right from your computer. And you can get discounts that you can't find anywhere else, like 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Whether you're, uh, whether you're an office sending invoices, whether you've got an Etsy shop, full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer no special supplies or equipment. Uh, you'll be up and running in minutes. So stop overpaying for shipping with stamps.com. Sign up with the promo code FFT for a special offer. You're going to get a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code FFT. And now let's get into Heath's Dynasty Rankings. So consensus, according to Fantasy Pros, Tyreek Hill is number nine, and Heath has him 16th. So this is Dynasty. Remember, this is obviously taking in what you know what we expect in 2021, but it's also the future. So Tyreek Hill, consensus ninth, and you've got him 16th in his first year with the Dolphins. Yeah, and, and there's a little bit, like to a much lesser degree of the same thing that we kind of talked about with um, Woods and Robinson. To be a top 10 dynasty wide receiver at 28 years old with all the great young wide receivers we have right now in the NFL, I need to feel like you're like challenging to be the number one wide receiver this season. I think it's more possible right now for Devontae Adams than it is for Tyreek Hill. I just need to see him in this offense. Um, is he going to get any of the big plays downfield? Are they going to use him more close to the line of scrimmage like what happened last year or like what the 49ers did with Debo? And if they do, can his frame hold up to that type of violence? Because he does not take a lot of heat hits, at least in the Chiefs, Chiefs offense. Um, I don't think he'll have the efficiency he's had in Kansas City, obviously, because... He's not playing with Patrick Mahomes, but also I don't, I have a hard time projecting the target share unless they are just a super pass heavy team with both Waddle and Gesicki there as well. Okay. So I'm going to pull up Heath's rankings and dynasty. And you can always do that. If you go to cbssportscom slash fantasy, go to our football page and there's a dynasty central link and you can see all the rankings there. Um, but just some players on it today. That was an excellent reference and segue as you were pulling up the rankings. 
Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so you have, like, for example, you have Jalen Waddle well ahead of him. Stefan Diggs, Debo Samuel. Remember, everybody, this is dynasty, not season long. Godwin, DJ Moore, McLaurin, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore ahead of Tyreek Hill. I mean, that's pretty, that's, that's something right there. Dave, what do you, mm-hmm. what's your reaction to that? I get it in terms of Elijah Moore is going to be around for a long time. I, I can't help but think that that's got potential to change after day one of the draft. If the Jets go and spend one of their two first-round picks on a wide receiver, obviously that crushes Elijah Moore. So I, I would keep that one very much in pencil, but <laughs> I can also make the case that if the Jets don't take a wide receiver with one of their first-round picks, and maybe not even one in round two, then they see Elijah Moore as their number one receiver long term and somebody who does deserve some consideration as a long term type of prospect ahead of Tyreek Hill. The thing that annoys me with Hill is that I almost feel like his his value based on the consensus is not even taking the Dolphins offense into consideration and what it might look like. The fact that he's got Tua as his quarterback for the foreseeable future. The fact that last year he wasn't even top 20 in terms of consistency rate when he was with Kansas City. And there's no guarantee about the same type of target volume. Everything's up in the air for Tyreek Hill, who's now 28 years old and just got paid and changed teams. So I I, I get where Heath's at 100%. So Dave, if you were going to choose between Chris Godwin, who is entering his age 26 season, or Tyreek Hill, 28, who would you take? Heath has... Godwin four spots ahead. Yeah, I would too. I think that Godwin, even with the ACL and coming back from that, and not nearly as explosive as a wide uh, of a wide receiver, excuse me, and a wide receiver who's going to have a different quarterback at some point in his career. I think he stands out as a safer dynasty receiver than Tyreek. So I think the interesting thing, I'm going to do this a little bit because I've been thinking about this. I haven't got any of the rookies put into my actual position rankings. And I generally do that right after the NFL draft, but I like to kind of think about it as we're doing it. And what, one of the things I've seen a lot over the last couple of days of Garrett Wilson as the first wide receiver off the board to the Falcons at number eight. Yep. That's starting to pick up some steam. And I just wonder like if he's taken there, does, is he ahead of Elijah Moore? Is he ahead of Tyreek Hill? Like where does he fall into that wide receiver two range? Cause I think he'll be a top 20 guy for sure. Um, I, I don't know if he'll quite get ahead of Hill with Mariota as the only quarterback. And I think that ranking Waddle well ahead of Hill is interesting because Waddle's potential is obviously linked to how good Hill is going to be um, and for how long. So Waddle, yeah, nine, I, Hill I think 16. it's really interesting to think like, who do you think it sees more targets next year? Jalen Waddle or Ty- Tyreek Hill? Hill. I can make the case for Waddle. I'm not sure at all. I can make the case for both, for sure. I just, yeah. my gut says Hill. Yeah. If that offensive line performs better than it did last year, that's that's a huge key for Tyreek. If that line is bleeding defenders, then it's going to be Waddle. I think at the very least, even if Tyreek Hill, and I, I would not be surprised if Waddle's better this year, but even if Tyreek Hill is better this year, it's going to be one of those situations like we've talked about over the last couple of years, the Godwin taking over as the number one in Tampa thing in terms of targets, the the Ridley taking over from Julio as the number one. Like that will be right around the corner. I would expect year two or year three at the latest, Waddle's going to be better than Hill. 
Okay, I think that you know people have the idea, maybe not our audience, I think they kind of understand what happened with the Chiefs last year, but right. you have the idea of Tyreek Hill as kind of a low target, high yards per catch, high yards per target guy, but he averaged 10 targets per game last year before week 18 when he played 14 snaps. Um, you know, 9.8 targets per game, he had 156 targets, so different role, yep. and he earned those those mega targets. All right, Marquise Brown. Here's a fun one. Consensus 31, wide receiver 31 for Marquise Brown. And Heath has Marquise Brown, wide receiver 18, just two spots behind Tyreek Hill. Man, what has what has Marquise Brown done to earn wide receiver 18 in your dynasty rankings? Well, I think um, his last 17 games with Lamar Jackson are basically a top five fantasy wide receiver. Yeah, but what um, else? He was a he was a superstar in the second half of 2020. He was a superstar in the first half of 2021, and then his quarterback got hurt. Now, there's uncertainty because he's on this Baltimore team that last year was the first time they've even thrown the ball ki- kind of normal. <laughs> it's been a super heavy run attack, and Mark Andrews is the actual number one there. But I still view Brown as a solid number two, maybe borderline number two wide receiver, and he's. 24, 25 years old. He's okay. 25 when the season starts this year. Birthday's in June. I, birthday. the, the biggest worry I've got with Brown is durability. And I, I felt like I was sensing some frustration from John Harbaugh during his press conferences during the year once Brown started to get hurt. Now, a guy with his kind of speed is going to last in the NFL for a long time. Think about all the receivers that play into their 30s that are able to keep up that type of speed. So he's going to play for a while. I don't think you have to worry about that in Dynasty. I think you have to worry about who he's catching passes from, what type of offense is he in, what type of opportunities does he get, uh, particularly if he's on a team that's kind of frustrated with him being on and off the field and on and off the practice field. And I think it's worth noting that over the past two seasons combined, Marquise Brown's missed one game. Yeah, but he's played hurt through a bunch. And sometimes he's come out with coaches want you to do. Everybody's playing hurt. Every, I mean, yeah, everybody plays sore, but there have been times where he's just been, there have been times where he's been frustrating for the Ravens, but then he goes out and he plays and he does okay. Yeah, well, he's definitely been frustrating for fantasy managers because he has been kind of hot and cold. And I guess we've had, I always like those guys a little more than consensus, I think. Right. Like the Tyler Lockett, um, Tyreek Hill at times. Those are the guys that you, those, they can win you weeks. It's just, you know, Marquise Brown could have two straight weeks of four for 50, and then he breaks out with a six for 129 and two. I, I totally bought into his breakout. First eight games. First eight games, he was on a 17 game pace of 98 catches, 1,449 yards, and 13 touchdowns. And that included the Detroit game where he dropped three touchdowns. I think two were on the same possession. So let's say two mm-hmm. two more touchdowns and, and a ton of yards. And then in the last eight games of the season, he did not score a touchdown. And he had 55 or fewer yards in all eight games. And he still had a lot of targets. He had a ton of, of targets. Games. And he was on pace for 164 targets in those eight, uh, in those eight games per 17 games. Uh, he averaged 4.2 yards per target in those last eight games. And some of them were with Lamar Jackson. The first three of those eight were with Lamar Jackson. Um, and I, I think maybe it's, maybe it's just that he has, he has shown us glimpses but hasn't been able to put it together for a full season. And people are 
maybe a little worried about that. Although I, I got to be honest, I don't really know where people stand on Marquise Brown. I think he's going to be kind of polarizing. Well, I mean, like the consensus like, has him as a what low end number three wide receiver. Yeah, thirty one is low. Like thirty one for you is uh, is who is it. Is. Rashad Bateman, <laughs> ironically. <laughs> there funny. we go. Who are the five names after Hollywood Brown in your rankings, dynasty rankings, Heath? Uh, we're going to talk about two of them in the next 10 minutes. But okay. cool. Devontae Smith, Deontay Johnson, Jerry Judy, Juju Smith-Schuster, Amon Ross St. Brown. Dave, would, would you put sure any of them? The first two right. names ahead of Marquise Brown. That's Devontae Smith and Deontay Johnson. For sure. And then it's Jerry Judy, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Amonra St. Brown. Okay. All right, so why don't we take a little break here? Oh, by the way, I wanted to re- uh, reveal these Twitter poll results. I want to know, do people who do, think people who do people think is the best wide receiver on Baltimore, Marquise Brown or Rashad Bateman? The answer right after this on Fantasy Football Today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back. I'm sure you're all curious. Uh, This is not a fantasy football question, just a regular football question. Who do you think is a better wide receiver, Marquise Brown or Rashad Bateman? Uh, only 467 votes so far, and 61% Marquise Brown, 39% Rashad Bateman. I just retweeted it, so all right, we'll get some that more. helps Marquise out. <laughs> get some more action there. Though, moving on to some more dynasty uh, discrepancies between Heath's rankings and the consensus. Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster, you're actually lower on Johnson than consensus. You have him 20th in your dynasty rankings, and the uh, the industry consensus rankings have him 14th, and you're higher on Juju. But we'll start with Deontay Johnson, and uh, you well, you just flat out uh, just don't like you him. just don't like Deontay Johnson. I think <laughs> <laughs> no, like that is something. I have nothing wrong with Deontay Johnson, the person. I I know nothing nothing negative about him, and I don't want to insinuate that I don't like him. I doubt he likes me very much. Um, he but told I me just, that he's a big fan of the beard. I I have always been skeptical that he was as good as his um, targets share, and the guy who was giving him that target share is not there anymore. And I don't like. I thought that when Roethlisberger left, maybe they would improve at quarterback, and maybe Mitchell Trubisky will be a slight improvement. But I also think it probably means less pass volume for the team because I don't think they wanted to throw as much as they did last year. Um, Ben Roethlisberger didn't like running plays very much. He'd just call a pass play and then throw it two yards instead of handing it off. Um, and it's just like, I 
I do agree with the idea that targets are earned, and I do agree with the idea that volume matters more than anything else. But he has been nothing but volume. The efficiency is one of the worst of all time for a player to earn as many targets as he has, or at least of the, the most recent time period, uh, the 2000s. Um, and I don't know if the efficiency is going to improve with Trubisky or a rookie quarterback. And I don't think it's likely he keeps this target share. Are there specific efficiency metrics that really make you nervous with Deontay? Um, yards per target. Uh, he's at 6.8 for his career. He was at 6.9 last year. That's a, a really good running back or a, a like a Jason Witten type tight end mm-hmm. number. Um, and yeah. like... Go ahead, go ahead. I'll, like, I'll find what I'm looking for. For instance, guys like Tyreek Hill and Tyler Lockett, who are the best, are generally closer to 10 yards per target. Um, most good wide receivers, I think, are over eight. And it might be that the quarterback's just the problem on that, or the offense is just the problem on that. But I don't know that it gets any better this year. What I wanted to look up is yards per route run for Deontay Johnson, because I know he's running a ton of routes. Mm-hmm. Certainly last year and the past several years, the Steelers have done a lot of that. Now, if that number were to come in real low, I would uh, I would start to get a little nervous. And I don't know. It might be. That's what I'm looking up right now. Okay. Let me see. So the Steelers had the fourth most pass attempts and the fifth fewest rush attempts in the NFL last year. So that's kind of Heath is banking on that not being so lopsided. And yeah, I mean that would hurt. I just who's taking targets away from Deontay Johnson? He's yeah, they could draft. No, him, it's like he might get thirty percent, but thirty percent of a hundred fewer targets is a big difference when the only thing you're getting is catches, really. Yeah, yeah, and he's not like like this distinction probably doesn't matter that much. He's a year older than Marquise Brown. Another guy we're going to talk about in just a minute, Juju Smith-Schuster, um, I think is actually like three months younger than him. Like, I don't know that we should expect a big change in his efficiency unless he gets with just an elite quarterback or something. Right, that's going to be half the equation. And getting Trubisky instead of Roethlisberger will give him a quarterback who can probably throw with a little bit more power down the field. As silly as that sounds to say that Trubisky can throw with power, but I think he can. I just don't know if he's going to be nearly as cerebral of a quarterback or understanding of how defenses are as Roethlisberger was. So I, I think that you can, it, you've got to hang your hat on the the target volume for him at least for next year. But if the Steelers do a good job of getting a long term solution at quarterback, I think Deontay Johnson will have the opportunity to prove that he can be a more efficient pass catcher even if the target share does go down, or maybe not the share, that's not the right word, the volume goes down. He's at 1.89 yards per, or targets per route run. I have no idea if that's good or bad. I think that's close to good. It ranks 33rd. Oh, that's not among all rece- I'm sorry, yards per route run, not targets per route run. 1.89, that's 30. If he was getting 1.89 targets per route run, that would be elite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be wide receiver one. Yeah, it'd be impossible the, to do that. So my mistake for saying that, I I pulled a McAdoo. 1.89 isn't bad, but you're always looking for a number two or higher. So it's close. That's Heath, good. Heath, would you rather have this year Marquise Brown or Deontay Johnson redraft? 
Um, right now, I'd rather have Deontay Johnson. Same. Dave. Okay, how about uh, Deontay Johnson or Terry McLaurin? In Dynasty or Redraft? Both. In Dynasty, I would take McLaurin. In Redraft, I currently... That might be a PPR versus non. No, I've got McLaurin higher in both. I got Deontay higher than both. Uh, in Redraft, it's by two spots. And they, I don't do dynasty receiver rankings, but if I did, they'd be very close together. They're, they're not necessarily the same receiver, but they're in the same situation where you can't possibly believe that the quarterback that they have now is going to be there two to four years from now. Um, oh, so I, I think this is like part of my process, maybe a little window into that as well. Um, I, the, the big difference for me in, in Dynasty is I think Terry McLaurin has considerably more upside than Deontay Johnson. I think if they were both put into the same situation, I mean, we're talking about Deontay Johnson hasn't had a good quarterback yet. Terry McLaurin would kill for Deontay Johnson's quarterback. Um, you think so? I think if McLaurin or Deontay ended up with a really good quarterback, McLaurin is better. But I could be, I mean, that's just my opinion. I think Johnson could play like McLaurin. I think that's within his range. The problem is, is that the Steelers, at least for the past couple of seasons, have been handcuffed by a quarterback that just can't throw the ball downfield with, you know, good velocity, et cetera. And I think that that's kind of hurt what Deontay Johnson's game can be. I th think when you look at your wide receiver rankings, who's the first wide receiver, the highest ranked wide receiver in your rankings? And I know this is a dynasty show, but I, I just let's spin it to just 2022 redraft. Who is the first or highest ranked wide receiver in your rankings that you look at and say, wow, he might be on a bad offense? Brandon Cook. Whoa, I was looking at projections. I think I still have Cooks ahead of those guys. So Brandon Cooks. You have McLe I'm seeing McLaurin 15, Cooks 16, Johnson 17. So right okay. there. Yeah, right I have there. Cooks the highest in the projections, but I've pulled Cooks down because I don't want people to think I'm crazy. I mean, can we say the Dolphins are a good offense? No, that was if it's not one of the three that Heath said, it's I'm thinking it's probably the Dolphins I, that they could be bad, but I don't know if they'll be bad. But they're not the Bucks, you know. <laughs> you're talking about Tyreek Hill versus Chris Godwin. They're not going to be the right. Cowboys. You're talking about Tyreek Hill versus CeeDee Lamb. Do I the mean, Titans qualify? Yeah, it could be AJ Brown. <laughs> I don't know. I but like the, the game game just comes down to amazing receiver. Um, I, I hope no one really did tell him that he was a diva or a problem because he's awesome, but he's on an offense that fundamentally wants to be balanced and run the ball and be different. I don't know if you guys heard me sneeze, but you didn't say bless you. So that's pretty messed up. Schrager, what do you think? Can we save tight ends for another show? Yeah, let's do it next week. Uh, next week's going to be two weeks. Yeah, three weeks. Someday in the future. Um, I tell you what, I can do that one real quick. Sell Dawson Knox, buy Rob Gronkowski, sell Hunter Henry. There we go. <laughs> buy Rob Gronkowski. He literally may not play again. He's cheap. Tight end 25. <laughs> in the consensus. almost nothing. Right. And for you, he's 15th. You'd rather have Gronk than Knox. I'd rather have Gronk than Knox or Henry. Gronk right. might win me the league next year. Right, right. Okay, so then I want to I want to talk about Keenan Allen because uh, consensus is wide receiver twenty two in dynasty for Keenan Allen, and Heath has him at wide receiver twenty nine, and he's getting up there in age. Keenan Allen's going to be thirty this year. He's actually going to be thirty in like, a few days, and uh, Heath 
do you think we're seeing signs of you know the end of the road, which is obviously the best voice men song? It is odd that the last two years his efficiency has been significantly worse than it was the prior five in terms of yards per catch and yards per target. And yet he's had a better quarterback in those two years. So yes, if you wanted to point to that as a possibility for a sign of decline in terms of efficiency, I think it is. I think you'll also probably see the chargers run um, a few fewer plays next year. They were still, I mean, they're a good offense. They're going to be high paced. But I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Williams gets a little higher, higher char- share of the targets either. Dave, do you think we're seeing something? I, I mean, I think there are some signs here with Keenan Allen that, you know, this is the first time in five years that he didn't lead the team in receiving. He was eight yards behind Mike Williams. Um, yeah, the yards per target, the yards per catch, the catch rate, it's all like kind of a little below what you would typically expect from him. Whereas he ranked in big plays, 20 plus yard catches in the last five years, eighth, 23rd, 21st, and then the last two years, 43rd and 34th. So we're seeing fewer uh, big plays from him. You know, I, I think it's pretty interesting because, uh, I don't know, he, he's been, and also he finished 13th per game at wide receiver in full PPR, which is actually pretty low for him. He's, he's almost, oh, he's always top 12. He was 13th, but a lot of times he's like sixth. So, yeah, could this be a guy that could be a bust? Do you see bust potential for Keenan Allen? Not yet. Ask me that a, a week in a few days from now. Ask me that after the draft, because if the Chargers add one of these quality receivers um, within their first 100 picks, not their 100 picks, they don't have 100 picks, but within the first three rounds of the draft, <laughs> I was going to say within the first 100 picks of the draft, uh, that that would be a telling sign. And I do, I, I don't off the top of the dome, I don't know if this is factual or not, but I do think there's a chance they can move on from him after this year without much of a cap hit. What I like about last year is not only, would you say, 13th in PPR points per game? Yeah. Yeah, he was right around there for me. He was eighth in consistency. He was sixth in targets per game. So even if that, if the targets per game drop just a little bit and the consistency drops a little bit, he still has room to finish as a top 15 type of fantasy receiver. I think you draft him accordingly in full PPR, and then if it's non-PPR, you move him down significantly lower if those catches don't count, especially if they add another big play over-the-top type of wide receiver. Yeah, and, now and for just to, to verify, Keenan Allen, $21 million cap hit next in 2023, which That's I guess would just be the cap hit or the dead money? Cap hit. The dead money is only so he's staying. So he's staying for another year. Yeah, now in Dynasty, Heath has him 29th. And again, consensus Dynasty rankings on Keenan Allen was 21, I believe, right? 20, uh, 22, sorry. So That's the old guy it. portion of the rankings. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. His cap number is $21.7 million next year, but the they save almost $15 million right. if, they, if they cut him after this year. That's, that's what I said. I didn't hear you say that. I just heard the $21 million <laughs> cap number. Um, I thought, oh, bro, I mean, well, cap hit, he can't be cut. cap hit and cap number are different. Different, right? yes. Um, that's the old guy portion of the rankings. Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins. Six straight wide receivers just outside of the top 24 in Dynasty. All 28 and older. Mike Evans, Cooper, Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Some of the guys you have ahead of him are, the, that whole group, some of the guys you have ahead of that group are, 
Jerry Judy, Juju Smith-Schuster, Amonra St. Brown, and Darnell Mooney. And that's part of the problem that I talk about all the time with dynasty rankings. If you have a team, one of the three or four teams that could really win it this year, then all those old guys are better than all the young guys you just said. But if you're not competing for a championship, those guys are combustible. Like you don't want to go into a game with them on your roster because dynasty value might crater in one game. You know, one thing though about Allen is I wonder, do you think he'll age better than Evans, Cooper, Cooks, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins? Because he is a great route runner and I rem- I think it was Danny Wood. Yeah, it was Danny Woodhead said that um that Keenan Allen was one of the best route runners he had seen. We had Danny Woodhead on one of our shows. And I, I mean, I guess I would compare him to Julian Edelman. Edelman at ages 30, 32, and 33, he missed his age 31 season with an injury. He was kind of like what you sort of expect from Keenan Allen. You know, about 70 yards. He averaged 70 yards per game all three years, mm-hmm. right around there. I, He's yes. on pace for around 100 or so catches, maybe more than that. I think Didn't he also have a suspension for taking something during that or at the end of that stretch? I think he missed four games in one of those years. Um, uh, but, but the la- you know, but he was. What did he have? What did he have? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like that's hard to say because I don't, he is an elite route runner. When Amari Cooper's healthy, he's a, an like he loses people yeah. silly. He's a good rapper. Michael Thomas. His whole Twitter account is can't guard Mike. Um, can't do it. <laughs> these guys are all pretty. That's true. Except for Evans, yeah. Evans and Cooks, I guess maybe not, but yeah. Um, I guess it's just I, I could as long as he keeps getting all these targets, Keenan Allen. You know, he's probably going to continue to be Edelman esque. He's been a better, slightly better version of Edelman, like like Larry Fitzgerald. Became that kind of player, right? Late in his career. Well, not before the not lately. Before the late, not late late portion of his career, <laughs> right? Um, okay. Any anything else you want to add, Heath? Before we wrap this up, I'm good. Okay, Heath has to jump. Dave, you and I will uh, read some emails. Perfect. Bye, Heath. Oh, he already does it. Like say goodbye, Heath. Come on, be a gentleman. Ah. <sighs> <laughs> This is from Dominic. What's up, Thurgood Jenkins, Scarface, Brian, and Kenny Davis? I feel like I should know that, but I don't. Uh, he's from, I don't know if I should do the accent, so I won't. He's from right near the beach, boy. This is half okay. ba- half-baked. Come on, come on. Half-baked. Okay, fine. Can you talk about quarterback values and where to draft them? I have a 12-team half PPR, six-point-per-passing touchdown league. I was thinking of keeping Russell Wilson in the seventh round and Deshaun Watson in the 15th round. Mm. He's going to keep... It's not a 2QB league. My other options are pretty bad. Medcalf and Mixon in the first round. A bunch of bad players. Antonio Brown, Miles Gaskin. What are the expectations for these quarterbacks changing teams, and where do they rank, specifically Watson and Wilson? Watson is an incredible bargain, a screaming bargain at 15th. Um I would keep him unless we learn that he's not going to play this year, in which case I would not keep him. But even if he's suspended for, you know, six games, we've been kind of batting that around as a possibility. Uh, I'm, I'm good with him. 15th round. That's fine. Wilson in our, in average drafts, I would imagine he'll go before the seventh round too. But I, I also don't mind keeping Mixon in the first round, depending on where that first round pick is. If it's at the real back end of round one, I'm in. If it's the middle around one, 
probably not in, definitely not in on keeping Mixon if it's a top five pick that you're looking at. And if you're not sure where that pick is, you have to declare your keepers before you know your draft order, then you got to let Mixon go. You could conceivably then, and I know this sounds weird, I don't love it, but you could keep both Wilson and Watson, but I would probably just lean toward keeping Watson Mm -hmm. at the value that you've got him at. Jeff in South Jersey. Hey, Jimmy, Kim, Howard, and Mike. No? Mm-mm. Jimmy, Kim, Howard, and Mike. It's got to be Better Call Saul. Okay. Which was very good. I stopped watching it, but I, I wish I had. 12-team PPR Keeper League. I saw the writing on the wall early last season. I made moves for the future. I now have pick 101, three picks in each of rounds three and four, and Jamar Chase as a sixth-round keeper. In other words, I can never play fantasy again if I screw this up. <laughs> okay. I disagree with that, by the way. I don't know how valuable... You can three... always play fantasy no matter how bad you screw well, it Well, no, up. I don't disagree with that. I disagree with the premise that you've got three picks in rounds three and four, and that's some huge advantage. I... It's not a rookie draft. Oh, then yeah, 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 yeah you, can't, you can't screw this up. Don't, yeah. don't do that. For my second keeper league, not a dynasty league. Yeah, my bad. For my second keeper, should I keep Josh Allen or Cam Akers? It would be a 13th round pick, but this would be the last year I can keep Allen. I can keep Akers again for a 12th round pick in 2023. You're going to see Akers get picked before Josh Allen in an overwhelming majority of fantasy drafts as things stand now. The only way that I would tell you to keep Allen is if the Rams spend... Well, they don't have much draft capital to even get a running back. So it's probably not going to happen. Wait until the very last moment to declare your keepers. If there's no bad news on Cam Akers, and it looks like he's going to be good to go for training camp, keep him and throw back Josh Allen, even at that crazy value. And Steven, where's he from? Baltimore, Maryland. Steven, I'm just going to sum up his... uh, his TLDR, too long, didn't read. I now seem to have one of the better dynasty rosters in my league. I have the number five overall pick this year in the rookie draft and two second rounders in 2023. Uh, so he also has Michael Thomas. Good. Would you trade Michael Thomas now for a better starter or future draft pick while his value seems to still be somewhat good or roll with the current team and see how the season plays out? And he does have a, I would say, a pretty good, you know, compete to win now team. So mm-hmm. how does Michael Thomas fit in? I don't love his bench. And Michael Thomas is currently his best bench player by a mile. You mean you're not a big fan of Nick Westbrook Aquina? <laughs> I am definitely not. Okay. So the, the first thought that I had in my head was if you can turn Michael Thomas into a first round pick next year, I would do that. I, I wouldn't necessarily, I, I would consider it for a first round pick this year. It just depends on where that first round pick is, where you can basically exchange Michael Thomas for one of the top receivers in the draft, whether it's Wilson or London, Burks or uh, Jameson Williams, Chris Olave, you guys know the names. But if you, if you can't get either one of those deals, I, I think the next best thing to do is just to hang on to Thomas. It looks like you could potentially need him as a starter since you've got Saquon and J.K. Dobbins as your flexes, and I don't know how many games those guys are going to end up playing. And our last email is from Jason in Seattle. Dear Brandon, Earl, Richard, and Cam. Oh, those are members of the LOB. That's right. Legion of Boom. And those are Seahawks defensive backs. 12-team dynasty non-PPR What a defense that was, man. They were good. Great teams. 
So a 12-team dynasty, and it's non-PPR. My team is stacked, and in a previous trade, I ended up with pick 102 and 202 in this draft. With the draft class being weak and my team being stacked, I'm thinking about packaging 102 and 202 for future picks. What do you hmm. think is valuable for picks 102 and 202? 2023 first and a 2024 first? A 2023 first and a 2023 second? Or other ideas? I don't know enough about 2024. I don't think it makes sense to trade the 102 and the 202 this year for a first and a second next year where you don't know where those picks are going to be. No way. Right. Uh, I wouldn't trade he sent for... over his roster. I'm looking at his roster. His running backs are Mixon, Cook, Chubb, Saquon. Yeah, he's got some good running backs, but some of them could be expired in the next couple of years. I wouldn't trade. Are... I... Because pick 102 in any draft class is very valuable. And I don't know that this is such a weak draft class. It ain't bad when you're at 102. Yeah. And you'd make it's a probably trade. Kenneth Walker. You never know where that first round pick is going to end up. You trade this for a future first. I would not trade away 102. I wouldn't trade 102 unless you're getting a first in 2023 and something else along the way. But yeah, but he's but we already said don't do it for another second. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You're saying he's got a very mature team. I mean, I, I could run down the whole squad for you, but like his youngest starter is CD Lamb. And his next youngest starter is AJ Brown. And then his next youngest starter after that is probably like Joe Mixon. He's got a lot of, he's got Kelsey, he's got Deshaun Watson, he's got Devontae. He's got a lot of aging players. He, his window's open. He's trying to win now. It's cool that you've got the 102. Um, I would put it up on the trade block, see if you can get some really good offers for future picks. Would not trade it straight up for a first in 2023. You need more than that. You might need a quarterback if Deshaun Watson gets suspended for, oh, I don't know, six games to 17 games. Might need a might need another quarterback. Okay, he has Kirk Cousins. So Might so need yeah. another quarterback. Nah, you can probably get by with Kirk, but if you're trying to really win now, who knows what you could pull off. I don't know. You, you're not going to be able to get a great quarterback and a first-round pick next year. That's probably not going to happen. But you can get, yeah, you can probably get somebody like Kirk Cousins for a first and something else for your first, you know what I'm saying? So maybe that's not the move you make. So my bad for suggesting that I didn't see cousins on the team. Look, if you get a good offer on one Oh two, take it. Otherwise get ready to take a running back. All right, cool. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Heath. Thanks, Shraggy B. Thanks to all of you for watching and listening. Join our NFL draft contest. Just uh, fill out the form and spell everybody's name, right? Good luck to you. And we will talk to you on Thursday with some early average draft position reviewing that on Thursday on Fantasy Football Today. See you later, everybody. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.